sermon audio is a presentation of First International Baptist Church of Copenhagen, Denmark. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor Eric, for the fellowship, and Conrad as well. And yeah, just a, a rich prayer. And hope you guys got a chance to read his blog as well, posted a few days ago. Um, just solid, solid stuff. Really going into the the depths there. So um, yeah, my name is Christian. I'm not I'm not a stranger to, to any of you guys. Um, really thankful for this opportunity and just uh, we want to just come and, and be here and, and say we're here as as kind of the staff staff team. We've been we, we've been meeting and, and fellowshipping nonetheless and um, just to say that we're, we're praying, we're interceding and and to have a little sermon. Um, this is definitely a unique thing. Um, for me, preaching is about, it's not about the conveying of information. Um, it's not a, a lecture as much as it is, is. It is about being in the same room as someone who who God is, is pouring out a spirit upon that, that believes the things that we that we say we do. Um, and, and that I hope can can feed us, right? But but we can't do that today. We can't be in the same room. We we three can, so that's cool. But um, but what we can do is we can we can just stir up the hunger for the fellowship that we have, and we can remind ourselves of of what a gift and what a joy it is to be together um, as the body of Christ. So hopefully that's what that's what we're going to be doing today. And then practically, I'm going to try to just encourage some simple steps about how we can be feeding ourselves in this time. What are what are what are some ways we can do that? Um, obviously we're isolated and we can't see each other, but how can we ourselves as as Christians be biblically literate, be um, be tapping into the right resources so this doesn't have to be a wasted, a wasted time. So that's kind of the, the aim of what we're doing today. And um, I'm going to be looking at, at Psalm 39. So if you have your Bibles, we can make this even more interactive and encourage you to to reach around and if the kids are sitting there, hi, hi to the kids, by the way, um, feel free to, to get, get, grab a, a Bible and, and we will read Psalm 39 together. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent. I held my peace to no avail and my distress grew worse. My heart became hot within me. As I mused, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Oh Lord, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know, God, how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Selah. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And, and now, O oh Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am mute. I do not open my mouth. 
for it is you who have done it. Remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace from my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. Look away from me, that I might smile again before I depart and am no more. So this is a unique psalm, and we're just going to kind of be walking through it um, today. But but we're kind of asking this question, how obviously we can't ignore the corona crisis. And um, all of us are feeling a lot of different things. Maybe we might be feeling shocked. Um, I, I feel that way. Nothing like this has ever happened before in my lifetime, certainly. Um, and, and we might be asking, what what is God doing in this? We might be tired. Those of us who who have small children, like I do, uh, I, I, I'm worn down for sure. Um, every day there's explaining to do. Why are we not going to school? Why do I have to not play in the playground close to these kids? You know, there's feeding to do way more than usual. Usually I make a, a mail pack, a little lunchbox, and send it on its way. But um, there's a schedule to be written. And, and all the while, there's updates from the government about how we should be acting. And, and it's just exhausting. And, and you might be asking, does God see us in this struggle? Um, some of us might be scared. I know there's obviously lots of news about irrational fear, but it's also very normal to be afraid when we have a cough all of a sudden. What is this? Am I infected? Um, uh, I, I, maybe I'm an older person with a chronic sickness. Am I, am I going to die? Does God care about all the pain that this is causing? Um, and then lastly, may, maybe some of us would be are feeling guilt. You know, we've traveled around Europe a lot recently. Um, maybe some of the kids, you know, am I, am I a carrier? Am I, am I spreading death <laughs> deeper into the fabric of, of Danish society and well, God, what does God think about this? Is he going to hold me accountable? Um, and I think for us in this room, I know it's really, it's good and, 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 and easy for us to get really abstract about what is God doing in the world and the unfolding of his plan and movements and revival. And But the fact is we're all, we're human beings here too. And um, we're struggling. We've, I know, Pastor Eric had to cancel a couple of trips. I've canceled a couple of trips. And and this, all these things are affecting us and our circumstances, just like they are to you. And so I think our heart, and my heart for sure, is just to come um, online to say that, that we're here and to remind you of God's grace um, and really to hopefully point you to, to the Lord. And, and, and the place where we can go in these times, which is scripture. And we see in this passage in Psalm 39, a resource for us when we're feeling these ways. We see David struggling as well. But ultimately, there's moments in here where we see him resolving to find hope in God. But it's interesting because hope in God in this passage doesn't, doesn't necessarily come the way we would expect. 
and certainly maybe not the way the world tells us we should do it. So I've got three points from this text. Um, I'm not going to hit everything, and there may be some questions, but but again, I hope I hope you can, we can just be together and and um, believe together. So the first point will be about failure. Uh, the next point will be about fragility, and the last point about faith. So, as usual, being a good Baptist and making it memorable. So, um, maybe there's something you can walk away with. But in, in, in verse 1 to 3, we see David struggling with his own failure. And the Christian life really is a long, slow struggle. Um, I think it's a struggle in a lot of ways, but in this passage, we see uh, David struggling to overcome his sin. Um, but it's also a struggle to overcome doubt, fear, anxiety. Um, and the world views Christians, and maybe you're not a Christian today, and you're, you're, you're logged in or you're listening in. And I think it's easy to say, like, Christians, that's like the A team, you know, the moral A team. Those are the people who have it figured out. They're the ones who should be the heroes in a crisis like this. They're there are the victorious ones who haven't burned out. But but the Bible doesn't paint that picture, actually. It doesn't. It, it, it says that here, for example, that David, he's struggling. He's fighting to see God's glory. That is, in many ways, what the Christian life is. It is a fight to see the glory of God in our, in our day-to-day life. Um, and that is because, in many ways, we're, we're called to something higher. We're called to, to walk with, with, with God. We're called to, to be disciples of Jesus. And we're not just trying to get by. You know, David, he wants to be a man after God's own heart. So when he says, help me, Lord, to see, help me with my sin. If you look back at verse 1 through 3, he says, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. He said his distress grows worse as he's trying to guard his mouth. And his heart is growing hot within him and and the standards that he has makes it actually harder for him and that's part of what it means to be to follow jesus one of my favorite uh pieces of literature of all time is les mes and uh there's these two characters if you've seen it any of the versions it's the same basic idea there's valjean who is a a thief and um basically a good guy but he, he gets caught thieving and gets thrown in, in, in prison, and then he is released and is shown mercy by a bishop, and eventually comes to know um, the grace of God through the church. And he is a guy that the, that the plot follows. But then there's also a guy named Javert, who is a police inspector, who is assigned the job of trying to hunt down Valjean because he doesn't have the freedom to. To, to be he shouldn't have the freedom that he has basically he he's he's hidden his his papers that that indicate that he's a criminal and and, and javert is trying to find him and the beautiful part of this of this book and this play and this musical is that it just contrasts these two lives on the one hand javert is is a very moral person he's following the rules he's he's successful he's he's a police inspector he has everything together um, but his standard is is just to be a decent person, you know, like to be, to do right, to do good. But Valjean, he has been transformed by the grace of God. He has been forgiven 
by this bishop. And for that reason, he wants to show not just morality to the world. He wants to show compassion and grace and generosity. And we actually see in the story that Valjean fails. Um, early on, he basically, after his, his release, becomes a successful business owner and becomes a mayor of a little town, long story short. And there's this woman who comes to his factory looking for work. And she's had a really hard life. And, and long story short, he doesn't show compassion to her. He doesn't give her the grace in that moment when she really needs it because she's caught doing something wrong in the factory. And, and so he struggles and we struggle. As Christians, this is what God calls us to. The standard is high. Jesus says, be anxious in nothing. And in these corona times, these crisis times, we are going to struggle. I, I'm, I'm, I struggle at moments. I, I don't know where you're at in this crisis, but, but we will struggle with sin. We will struggle with our own hearts and our own faith. But, but I want you to turn to Psalm 39 and look at it with me and say, this is something that the Lord, the Lord knows about. The Lord is not surprised by how, how hard it is to fight the fight of the faith. So the first point there today is just that we all fail. We all have failure. Um, and the second point in the passage here today that we see where we see David wrestling with the Lord is that he comes out and, and admits and actually asks God for the gracious revelation of his own fragility. So we have fear and fragility. And if you look at verse four and six, I mean, some of these words are just, I'm just going to read some of them. He says, O Lord, make me to know my end and what is the measure of my days. He begs God, let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. So in the first few verses, we see David kind of making this commitment that he wants to fight against sin. He will not it seems like what's going on in the passage is that there's some people who are sinful and maybe tempting him. And so he's getting angry with them and he doesn't want to lash out. So he says, I'm going to hold my tongue. I'm going to separate myself. But he has to break his own commitment of silence here in verse four as he's wrestling with God. He says, I have to I have to cry out to you, God, just like we have to cry out you know, to God. As we looked at in that song today, he cries out and he says, Please, God, show me how fragile I am. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say that? Because I think when we are angry and when we're fighting our sin and we're giving in maybe a little bit, like there's something that he feels like he doesn't see and he needs God to show him. And what does he ask God to show him? That he is fragile, that he is small, that he is temporary, that he is a handbreadth. I don't know what a handbreath is. I tried to do some exegetical research on it, but I couldn't. I think maybe it just means like as our breath comes out, it only lasts like the length of a hand. I don't know, something like that. But the point is, obviously, it's like a mist, a passing mist, like a steam from the teapot kettle. Um, this there's a wisdom throughout the Bible in the Psalms, um, in the teaching of Jesus in the book of James, as we as we heard Conrad read, this consistent theme of we need to be aware of how fleeting our lives are, how small we are, how big God is, 
And David, in his struggle to walk in faith, in joy, and in hope, he says that one of the keys to being successful and, and feeling like he can fight his sin effectively is this revelation from God. He says, God, remind me how short my life is, how fleeting I am. I love this image of mankind is like a shadow. <laughs> it's there one second, and then the cloud comes and it's gone. Um, the Great Divorce is a book by C.S. Lewis. It's one of my favorite books of all time. I read it consistently, and it's this analogy about a number of people, and this is not, he's not trying to theologize about what the Bible actually teaches, but he's just painting a picture. It's these people who are in hell, and they have been there for a period of time after they've died, and they have different stories as to why they got there, and but the, the picture of hell is a shadow land. Um, it's a land where everyone is a shadow. They're thin. Um, and they have a chance to take a bus ride up to heaven to kind of have another chance to meet someone they knew from, from their life on earth and to kind of be introduced to heaven as another sort of a, do you want this? Do you want to come to heaven? And one of the first things when they get off the bus in heaven is that they their feet, when they step on the grass, the grass penetrates their feet because they're so thin. They're a shadow-like existence. And they're very surprised when they step on the grass. And it sort of hurts them a little bit, but they're they're more just shocked. And and the tragedy that, that C.S. Lewis is painting there is that they are a shadow and they don't know it. They are thin and self-centered and out of touch with reality because the glory of God is the reality that life is heading towards. But they don't realize it. So when they're in hell, their punishment is actually that they become thinner and thinner and thinner and, 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 and they're living as shadows. The fact is we're all that way. <laughs> we're all that way. We, we're destined for something different, but in this life now, we are all temporary. Our life is but a shadow. But the grace of God in the Bible, in Psalm 39, is to reveal to us, for God to give us not just a knowledge of the fact that we're going to die, but a sense on the heart each day that we are weak, we are temporary. And I think I want to be careful when I say this, because I know we're struggling, but this crisis, can it be in one way or another a grace from God? Can it be an answer to this cry that David says, Lord, show me how fragile and temporary and fleeting I am. The Lord is reminding us. We've been in Denmark for a couple of years and it's been hard because people here, you know, we are so taken care of. We're so autonomous and self-sufficient and it's tough for people, for us to see how there's any problems. But this crisis, I think, is, is poking some cracks, isn't it? In the globalized, modern Western world, it's reminding us the, the, the truth that's been true all along. <laughs> it's always been true that we're going to die, that we could get in a car and drive home and get hit by a bus and we will face our maker. That's always been true. But now there's a there's a there's a reminder there's a reminder. So I pray for you 
that you can see this reminder from God of our, as, of our fragility as, as a grace. And I pray that you can turn to these places in the, in the word and say like, this is actually something that we need to hear, that we need to see, that is a blessing. So we have failure, fragility, and then finally in verses 8 to 13, we have faith. And this, this point is just to remind us that our, our regular walk with God is our foundation when we come to the end of ourselves. Um, and there's a lot of points in this text here that I won't be able to, to, to clarify all the questions for. Um, but the point is, if you look in verse 8, we see David kind of coming to a resolution after he asks God for this. I really, sorry, I'm sorry. It starts in verse seven, where he says, Oh, now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions and do not make this, me the scorn of the fool. There's a resolution that David comes to where he says, after he's asked God for this revelation, he says, wait a minute, what am I waiting for? He's talking to himself. His heart is struggling with anger, with maybe anxiety. And, and he says, wait a minute. I've known the truth all along. My hope is in God. My transgressions are many, but God, if I call out to him, he can deliver me. And um, the Bible describes in the book of Acts, we've been going through Acts, it talks about the way, the, the people were called the way. Um, it's a walk, it's it's a path. Following Jesus is a walk. Um, and I think that in times like this, it's our walk with Christ that is the foundation for us. Um, sometimes when we're walking hand in hand with God, you know, he's our good dad and and, and he reaches over and kind of swings us by the arm up into his arms and, and puts us up in the air. And we have these moments of, of really rich, wonderful experience with God worship. But most of the time, we're just walking hand in hand with him. And I think what that does for us is it prepares us. It prepares us for times like this to say, I know who my father is. I know that he is, uh, like Conrad's blog post said, he's not surprised by this. There's a plan in this. He is right there with us in our sufferings. You know, there is a foundation that we can stand on. Um, we were kind of just singing some worship songs with our kids at home this last week. Hopefully like they are right now as well, um, up on the projector. And and we found this little video, you know, of just the just that children's song, the wise man builds his house on the rock, house on the rock, you know, house on the rock. And, the, and then it has a little picture of the house on the rock. And the foolish man builds his house on the sand, you know, simple teachings of Jesus that 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 show us this basic truth that we have a foundation. Christ is our foundation. He is a rock. He is not unsettled by crashing economies, by viruses. He is the rock of ages. And not only is he a rock for us, he was a rock who was cleft for us. That great hymn says cleft, which means he was a, a rock that was broken for us so that we could hide in that cleft and find our refuge in him. You see, Christ, he didn't struggle with sin like David did. 
And yet he took all of our failures upon himself on the cross. Christ himself, he was not fragile ultimately, but he was broken by God for us on the cross. Jesus, he was he was perfectly protected from the effects of of sin and, and suffering and weakness in heaven, but but he took on our sickness and frailty and he came and he lived with us. I love how Conrad prayed, there's a greater sickness that has infected us, but Jesus, he was not infected by that sickness. He didn't deserve to die, but he laid down his life so that we can live. In John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus says, to in the context of Lazarus there, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And I think that's that's a question Jesus is putting to us today. Do you believe? And I think I think if we've been walking with Jesus, we, we know that we have that foundation. So will you move from fear to faith in the only solid rock who can deliver deliver us to a new life stronger than death. We can do that now. And, um, and I just want your minds to rest on these quote, this, these hymn lyrics here as we close. And I give you some, some practical points as well. Um, Christ the solid rock, or it goes like this. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul give way, then he is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. So moving out of Psalm 39, I just wanted to, to say, okay, what do we do with this? And the reason I wanted to walk you through Psalm 39 is just to say, we have such a great resource in God's word in this time. And I know it's easy for pastors to say, get in your word, you got nothing better to do now, you know, but the the truth is, not from a pastoral perspective, but just from a, a, a simple human Christian perspective, the Word of God is there. It is a treasure for us. It is not some demanding self-help book in this time. It, it is David saying, I'm struggling. Remind me of my frailty. So I would encourage you to pick up the Bible. And, and what I wanted to show you today as I walk through the passage is that you know, I, I, I've been kind of scrambled brained at home with all the kids running around. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I didn't get into the Hebrew. I didn't read two or three commentaries. But God's word is accessible to everyone. If we just sit down and read a good English translation, maybe you won't hit all the interpretive, interpretive um, nails on the head, but, but you can access God's word. It is, it is perspicuous. That's the Reformation term. It's a theological term for it is clear and accessible. To you. So I just want to encourage you to do that. And then also just if you have some other extra time, there's some really other other really great resources out there right now. I encourage you, you know, um, to check out the gospelcoalition.org. Um, that's definitely something that we as a church would 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 be behind. And um, there's we were just actually Eric and I were just talking with the leadership of the Gospel Coalition and, and they've seen their traffic. Um, increased tenfold since the corona crisis hit. It, and, and so people are using this, they're producing resources. Another, another resource would be desiringgod.org. It's a ministry of John Piper. They have a whole 
sermon gallery there. Um, and then lastly, I would just encourage you to take some, some time of quietness before the Lord. We have been forced to rest in a way by this crisis as well. Um, maybe that means just a time of prayer. Maybe there's worship music that you love. I've got a couple of recommendations. Uh, Josh Carroll's is an amazing artist at this time. Another another guy, John Mark McMillan, just came out with a great album. So, so check those out. So um, that's the simple message today is just take hold of the walk. Take hold of the hand that you've been holding all along. So let me just briefly close in prayer and then we'll, Eric will come back up here to close us out. God, we thank you for today and we thank you for Psalm 39. We thank you for, for your word, how rich it is. Um, we thank you for the fact that it's there, that it's clear to us that you have, have bowed down and spoken to us in a way that we can understand. So um, I pray that, that we would take a hold of that. I pray for everyone who's listening right now, Lord, that they would um, feel compelled and challenged by, by David's cry out to you, that they would receive in some way or another this crisis as a, a grace, a grace, Lord. Um, and I pray also that they would receive the challenge here today that I've given, that, that they would take hold of, of your word, take hold of, of the Gospel Coalition, take hold of DesiringGod.org, and that, that, that we would take this as a time of, of resourcing and equipping us. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation of First International Baptist Church of Copenhagen, Denmark. To listen to more sermon podcasts or to learn more about FIBC, please visit www.fibc.dk or facebook.com forward slash FIBC CPH. Thank you for listening.